Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. Once again, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode of the show, where we're going to be talking about the Ghoul Geek Keith's film pick of the week, which is The New Mutants from 2020. Yes, that's right, this year, and directed by Josh Boone. Now, there is a caveat to that, folks. Uh, he will not be joining us, that is, the Ghoul, tonight for the discussion, but we will carry on without him and discuss the film as we always do on the show. But first and foremost, I am joined by the Mad Monkey, the Prince of Morris Day. Yes, get fucky with it, monkey. Hi there, Fred fans. This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from my luxurious padded cell at the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic. Here we, the Talking Terror Crew, strive to bring you the best damn horror podcast there is in all of the land. So listen live, listen on the go, listen with your mates, listen with your mom. We don't care just as long as you bloody well listen. <laughs> Way to go right out of the box. And without further ado, we're also joined by the highly esteemed, the highly educated, the highly opinionated, Ronald Dean. Welcome, Dean. Thank you. What, what, what can I say that the, the monkey hasn't said so perfectly already on this fine evening of talking turn? <laughs> Welcome aboard. Indeed. He Thank comes you very out much, strong, man. and that's what it is. Uh, yes, I do. And yes, we are without uh, the ghoul. Uh, and uh, I do want to talk about the ghoul for, for just a moment uh, and uh, share some thoughts. So, uh, you know, with his um, consent, uh, and I know uh, that this has been posted on the Instagram page of Talking Terror, uh, our very own uh, ghoul is struck with the COVID right now. Um, the coronavirus has hit the talking terror world uh, in a in a very hard rectal way, and we pray for uh, a speedy recovery. But um, I do just have a couple of mentions, uh, some things I'd like to, uh, some people I would like to shout out. I had we had posted about the ghoul's prognosis on the COVID, and we had said that uh, you know if you were to leave some well wishes on our posting, uh, then we would give you a shout out. So first, uh, I'm just going to give some account names. Again, these are just people that follow our page. I have no idea if they even listen to our show. Uh, none of these are people that I know personally, but uh, our fan, our, our super fan, Todd Radke, uh, sends his regards for the ghoul, as well as someone named Penguin2566, uh, as well as Sleeps with Monsters 3.0 as well as Force 5 Podcast, Golf Jiu-Jitsu, Golf Jitsu, uh, Miss Death Becomes Her, Laced in Darkness, uh, Jason HX3, and finally, and this is so very sweet, uh, a comment from none other than Friday the 13th Part 2's Lauren Marie Taylor, 
who said COVID, toss it into Camp Crystal Lake with Jason Voorhees. Get through this with a total recovery, man. Uh, so thank you all for taking nice. the time for some well wishes for school. I know he thanked you all on the posting and uh, gave a little update, uh, but but thank you all for those wishes. We Once again, we hope for a speedy recovery uh, for our very own ghoul. That is great. Yeah, it's great. And thank you, everybody, for those well wishes, especially uh, <clears throat> from Part 2, Friday 13th, Vicki, of all people. I love her, and I'm glad that she's so active on her Instagram page. Uh, I know that the ghoul wanted to be here tonight, and he might show up, but, uh, yeah, with, with everything that's happening, uh, I think it's better if he just takes time off and rests, and hopefully he's back here next week uh, just to give us an update on, on how he's doing and then moving on with the show. But thank you again so much, guys, on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram.com uh, plus Talking Terror. Yeah, something else that I wanted to say as well. I mean, those of you that listen to Talking Terror that might be listening right now or if you happen to be tuning in sometime in the next week or so listening to the stream of this episode, uh, we all listen to our podcasts on a multitude of different platforms. And there is another platform as of last night that our show is now available. Uh, you can now find our show on Spotify. Uh, Talking Terror is now on Spotify. Uh, we've talked about this on the show before. There's another show called uh, Talking Terror that's on Spotify, but it's some like British academic professor that, uh, talks about uh, like terrorism in the world in like a serious academic mm-hmm. way. Uh, but our show has been around for way longer than his and our show is much more yeah. exciting and much more entertaining. So make sure you're choosing the right talking terror. Just look for our logo as you see it on the Instagram and the Facebook page. And uh, if you want to check us out on Spotify, uh, all of our uh, content is up there right now and our new episodes that we stream will get pushed in there uh, upon the conclusion of our episode. So take a look on Spotify. Yeah, awesome. that is uh, nice, y'all. Yeah, you know, I was sitting around last night and I was thinking about our show and thinking about mm. ways to like, you know, improve our listenership and we're getting more kind of word out there. And I know, uh, you know what it was, I was looking at my end of year stats on Spotify and, uh, you know, with the podcasts that I listen to and so on and so forth. And it got me thinking, like, why? Like, we have a podcast, and granted, we do a live broadcast, but why is our uh, recorded fit product that we finish with not up on Spotify? So I did a little research on making that happen, and it just was uh, it was not a very involved process. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, there we are. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, I feel like it makes us feel like I know we're like iTunes and everything, and 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 of course Blog Talk. But I feel like yeah. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a I feel like oh we're like on Spotify. We're important now. It's yeah, a graduation up to a higher level. <laughs> I definitely agree because um, I actually ended up and I ended up putting it on my personal Facebook page. Just how excited I am because of how many podcasts I've found thanks to Spotify. So, yeah, like the, uh, the dean had said, there is a Talking Terror podcast that's about domestic terrorism and terrorism abroad, English, very astute. That's all fine and well and good. We're the more exciting one that you want to follow, which is Talking Terror at Talking Terror Presents. We're the ones bringing you the humor, the content, the horror. We're not going to talk about all the real-life shit because that's horror enough. We want to talk about fake shit. We want to talk about pitch, drugs, and ass, and we're going to do it because that's what we do on Talking Terror. <laughs> Yeah, Spotify listens, we curse a lot. So we hope you enjoy that. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Terror, bitches. 
indoctrinated. Exactly. Welcome. Exactly. So, exciting things, and thank you again so much, uh, Dean. Very exciting. Uh, but as we do, before we get into mood tonight, uh, Monkey, do you have anything you want to talk about before we kick it over to the Dean at the Talking Terror News Desk? Yes, I do. We have The Mandalorian Chapter 15, The Jedi. All right. Some big, big shit mm. happened. Ah, Baby Yoda finally gets a name. It's no longer Baby Yoda. It's let no me guess. The let me child. guess. Baby Yoda's name. Baby Yoda's name is now just Yoda. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, it is. Shit! How do oh. you know? Because he watches. No, it's not. I mean, is that no? Is that is that is that, is that, is that real? No. <laughs> no. Then I guess it wasn't Baby Yoda all along. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, we have a Baby Yoda name. It's awesome. Uh, his name is Steve? Grogu. Yes, Steve. His, no, his name's Daryl. <laughs> Steve's <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> Better than Grogu. Um, the fuck is Grogu? <laughs> but it's just awesome because we found out now that his, his history has actually gone back to um, uh, Order Number Sixty Six, which dates back to the Clone Wars. So we know that he's been around that long. And then they, um, storyline-wise, in the Star Wars universe, then they gave us some other cool shit from the Clone Wars stuff going on with Star Wars. Uh, We had our girl from Clerks 2 pop up as a Jedi from the Clone Wars, going around being a fucking badass, dual-wielding two lightsabers because she was the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. Um, And yeah, it's just the episode was... Just fucking awesome. Highly, highly influenced by samurai movies. Just had that awesome, awesome feel of some Lone Wolf and Cub kind of shit going on. It was just a really, really fun episode. And yeah, it's just, but we're not done. It just keeps going. So sweet. But yeah, just Mandalorian still kicking ass, taking names. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Dean, what do we have in horror news? (laughs) Oh my God, there's just so many things to talk about. Um, if you are feeling like you want to move and uh, you're feeling uh, the call of the West and would like to reside in Salt Lake City, Utah, right now you have the opportunity to purchase the Michael Myers house, the house that was used in Halloween 5. The one that looked nothing like the Michael Myers house from any of the other <laughs> movies in the yeah, no. Halloween series. Uh, but lo and behold, it is still the house from Halloween 5. Uh, this massive house features 10 bedrooms, four kitchens, two separate living areas, two fireplaces, and a formal dining room, and uh, clocks in at a 7,300 square foot size. Uh, could be had uh, for the low, low price right now of nine hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. Interestingly, <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, there is no mention of the film in any way in any of the listings or advertisements attached to the house. But I guess some uh, some astute nerds uh, that are nerdier than us uh, have figured out that the Myers house is for sale. Uh, the listing does say that. Uh, do not think that this house does not need some remodeling, as it certainly does. Uh, it's being billed as a very profitable potential investment property, uh, but there is work that needs to be done. But uh, 
if you are wanting to live in a piece of cinematic history, uh, you now have that chance at uh, a $950,000 listing price. So feel free to hit up the Talking Terror Facebook page where we have our GoFundMe where you guys can contribute so we can buy this house and fix it and have a giant montage and fix up the house so we can turn it into the Talking Terror B&B. Like Revenge of the Nerds style. Talking Terror B&B. What are you what going to robot? Idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be a Halloween-themed B&B. <laughs> and we're just going to have the king randomly wake people up in the middle of the night dressed up as Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, That's I don't know, because I'm too chunky for that. I think I'd rather dress up like Dr. Loomis and just kick in the door at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, Where is he, Michael? <laughs> Damn you, Michael! <laughs> Like, what? You were just sleeping, and this fucking fat guy in a bald wig came busting in talking about Michael. Damn, do you know where he is? Why won't you help me? I think he was homeless. Keep, I don't know. Keep, 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 keep getting one-star reviews. Horrible place to sleep. People keep kicking in the doors. I just want to should have stayed at a Motel 6. Yeah. Pros, breakfast was great. Tom's crazy fat guy kicking in the door at 3 o'clock in the morning screaming at Michael Myers. <laughs> Would not recommend. Kind of looked like the host when we came <laughs> first came into the building, but not quite sure. <laughs> he kept saying, I'm not that guy. And then he kept daring us to call 911. He listened to a lot of recorded podcasts and 911 calls. <laughs> and then he kept judging our Halloween decorations when we weren't looking. <laughs> I mean, they were his, but he kept just judging them and saying we did it wrong. I don't know. Two stars on that. Because that felt kind of fun. <laughs> Dude can't decide whether or not to smoke a cigarette. He keeps putting a cigarette in his mouth, but just won't light it. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Come he in. just keeps flicking the lighter. <laughs> just keeps rolling it in his hand and just doesn't want to do it. He keeps rubbing his face and going, I shot him six times. Who did he shoot? Where's the body? We don't know. One star to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dean. What else you got, man? <laughs> What's next? Oh, please, no apologies. Please, please, uh, <laughs> carry on. Um, yeah, uh, it appears that after conquering the world of rap music, uh, Jay Z is stepping into the world of horror. What? Uh, Jay Z is going to be producing uh, for Netflix a film. Uh, based on a Dwayne Alexander Smith novel called 40 Acres. Uh, this is said to be a cross between uh, The Firm and Get Out. Uh, he is working on this with Luke Cage creator Chio Hidari Coker. Uh, there is no word on release date or casting or anything of such. Uh, but this 40 Acres novel is out there, and I suppose you can look up a plot synopsis or even read the book to discover what the story is about. But Jay-Z is the going to be executively producing this product, project, film, uh, property, whatever you would like to call it. <laughs> oh, man, just Get as out. long as he keeps his wife out of it. Just as long as he keeps his wife out of it. <laughs> she, she's just annoying as shit. I thought you liked Dude, she was Well, slow down, slow down, man. She was absolutely delightful in the Fighting Temptations. Ah, I'm just talking about off camera. <laughs> ah. Oh, 
Oh, Wedding oh, Temptations was a delightful movie. <laughs> with Cuba Gooding. Hey, she told us where all the single ladies can go, okay? She's a queen. <laughs> no, Thank she told us where all the single ladies can <laughs> Monkey thinks you're annoying. I don't. I think you're delightful. Great. Now, now I'm going to get death threats from Beyonce on my Instagram. No, you're going to get death threats from Jay-Z. He's going to be like, hey, I'm Hova, and who the fuck are you? I got 99 problems, and a monkey definitely is one. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like it. So negative. Like, oh, keep your wife away. Uh, why would you do that? Like, she's like one of the most popular women on planet Earth. He should have her involved. Like, that means that people will be interested in wanting to watch. I mean, come on, monkey. When yeah. you're working on a project such as this, viewership, viewership is what is what uh, is what makes the dollars turn in the world of Netflix. Yeah, because it really worked for Tim Burton and Rob Zombie. <laughs> hey, you, you can't compare the two, okay? I'm sorry, you can't compare Sherman Zombie to Beyonce fucking Knowles, dude. You can't. Wow, that's like apples and oranges to the extreme. Maybe they should have they hired her. They wanted some more well, success. Yeah, I think having her on board would definitely be a positive, like the Dina just said. You want to sell tickets? You want to sell Netflix numbers? Get her on board. Put her on the poster. People are going to be like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm watching that. And Jay-Z produced? Yeah, that definitely would help having her. So you can have your opinion, monkey. I'm just saying it's not right. <laughs> You can have your opinion. Yeah, monkey. I'm just telling Not you, right. you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. The king has spoken. <laughs> Dean, what's what this? else you got, Dean? <laughs> so, uh, you guys seem to be uh, all excited about this kind of thing, uh, but it's not something that's part of my world. But it seems that. Uh, there is going to be an eight-inch uh, clothed action figure by that NECA company that you guys get all excited about, of none other than uh, Victor Crowley from Hatchet. Uh, Hell yeah. He is, he is going to come equipped uh, with a belt sander and his trusty hatchet, and this will be available on January, for, uh, January 2021. So uh, if you are of the mind of, uh, you know, collecting these kinds of figures. Uh, there will be another one to add to your collection if you are a fan of uh, the Hatchet series. Because Victor Crowley uh, can can stalk your your decorative shelves uh, for all eternity. Man, it took him long enough to get to that one because we we announced we announced that yep. like damn, <laughs> like spring I think. <laughs> that yeah, they, they had already had well, it completed. COVID, man. That's the whole reason why I got the we announced the, the, the Crowley one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Spring. No, we, we announced that they were working on one, but it, we but we didn't have yeah. a release ah. date yet. We were just announcing that they were working on it. Yeah, they were aiming for the last quarter NCA, and then they said, "Fuck it, we can't get there fast enough in time, so let's just do a first quarter of 2021." So that's why you're going to get it in January. I know I'll be one getting one, and it'll be on my decorative shelf of horror figures. I love their holsters. So, yeah. I, I, I knew I can count on the King of Horror having a decorative shelf of horror figures. <clears throat> right next to my teacups. <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Fun facts. <laughs> All right, Dean, what's next? <laughs> so, 
not going to be for a little more than a year, but it is official. Uh, I know I talked about this story a week or two ago, but officially on December 19th, 2021, the uh, official rights to everything Hellraiser returned to Clive Barker. Uh, he had Sweet. filed a lawsuit. Uh, Clive Barker had filed a lawsuit to terminate the 1986 uh, transfer of rights, and court papers show uh, that his lawsuit was upheld. Uh, U.S. copyright law says creators uh, can take legal maneuvers to terminate tr- terminate transfer of rights 35 years after the transfer of rights took place. Uh, so Clive Barker was able to retain or regain the rights to everything Hellraiser. Now, uh, he has been signed on to executive produce a Hellraiser series for HBO, and um, Spyglass Media has been working on some kind of Hellraiser film. Now, if they can get that all wrapped in, in the can uh, before December 19th, 2021, Spyglass Media can still uh, go forward with their film. But if they can't get that done by then, uh, they will not be able to do so without negotiating some kind of uh, deal with Clive Barker. So uh, Clive Barker, once again, will hold the rights uh, to Hellraiser. King, what were you going to say? Yeah, long time ago. Uh, okay. yeah, I was going to say um, that it's... Uh, yeah, go ahead, Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to mm-hmm. ask, um, Dean, if you know, is this kind of like the Friday the 13th thing where it's only one part of Hellraiser, or are you saying it's all of the Hellraiser stuff that he's going to get? I think it's all Hellraiser. Like the the no. from what I understand, the issue uh, in Friday the Thirteenth is is two parties arguing over who created what and who owns what piece and who should be allowed to do what. Like it's cl- like Hellraiser. Like is it was is clearly like 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 individually a Clive Barker thing. Um, so this is like he was the original holder of the rights, and I guess whatever kind of deal. Uh, that he struck 35 years ago to sell the rights or however that works, uh, you know, after 35 years, the original uh, owner can can follow steps to try to regain the rights. It's not an automatic that they will be able to do so. Uh, it's like a legal process. Uh, but according to U.S. Right. copyright law, uh, they can do so. So I guess whatever has to take place inside the walls of a courtroom uh, took place in his favor. Uh, we know that the Friday right. the 13th situation continues on. Then who knows yeah. when that will ever be resolved. King, I think you had something to say. Yeah, because it's only the 87 Hellraiser that he got the rights for. Everything after that isn't owned by Barker. So it is like the Friday the 13th lawsuit with Victor Miller, where he can retain the rights to the first film, but everything after that isn't his. He didn't create any of that. But it's a little bit muddier because he did technically create, you know, a, a Jason Voorhees. But Clive Barker has everything from 87. So he has the Hell Priest. He has the Cenobites. But anything after 1987, it's not his. So he can't really do anything. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, Clive. Moving on. Yeah, thank you. As we're getting into Dean. the holiday season... Uh, mm-hmm. Some some jolly holiday news across a couple of different things, but first, uh, it has been announced that uh, everyone's favorite horror host, uh, Joe Bob Briggs, is going to be hosting a two-night cast and crew reunion special uh, for surviving cast and crew. 
for from the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, these events are going to take place on December 4th and December 5th uh, to be, and this is all virtual, of course. Uh, if you wanted to be able to participate and, and watch and be part of this, uh, it is $20 per evening or $30 if you get both nights. Uh, some additional details. Night one is going to feature a screening of the original film. Uh, I didn't feel like writing out the first and last names of all of the performers, so I'll just say their characters' names, and since there's like three people in that movie, we'll know who they all are. Uh, but uh, this night one will be a screening of the original film featuring Jerry, Kirk, Pam, the hitchhiker, Grandpa, and the cattle truck driver, as well as producer and writer Kim Henkel. Uh, after the screening of the film, there will be commentary with the cast, and also an opportunity for questions and answers. Uh, night two screening, uh, or the night two event, is also going to be a screening of the original film. Uh, night two, though, is going to feature, there were so many names to list, so I didn't bother, but uh, many uh, members of the production crew uh, are going to be taking part in night two. Uh, in the same format, when the film is over, there will be commentary and a question and answer period. Now, if you are a fan of just like the movie itself and want to hang with the cast members, uh, you know, night one is the night for you. Uh, if you are the kind of nerd that loves to know how movies are made and what goes on behind the scenes and how it all comes together, then maybe night two is the night for you. And if you are just like all encompassing, then maybe this is a two night party. Uh, but December 4th and 5th, uh, cast and crew reunion hosted by Joe Bob Briggs of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Cool. Excellent stuff. Very cool. All right. Check it out. All right. So, Dean, what's next? Also, to ring in the holiday season, The Walking Dead has announced their very first The Walking Dead holiday special. No oh. shit. The Walking, <laughs> the, wa <laughs> the Walking Dead holiday special is going to be a virtual get-together uh, moderated by Chris Hardwick of Talking Dead. Uh, it is going to feature fan-favorite cast members from all three Walking Dead series. Uh, none of these cast members have been announced yet, which leads me to believe that they're just going to rustle up whoever they can get together. Uh, this is going to be <laughs> December 13th, and uh, it will take place again uh, December 13th, and this is going to be exclusively broadcast on AMC+. Plus. It's an AMC Plus exclusive. Uh, so you would have to be a subscriber uh, to AMC+. Plus. Uh, this is not my kind of entertainment, so I wouldn't be watching anyway, and I also am not a subscriber to AMC+. Plus. So I personally will be missing out on the Walking, Day, Walking Dead holiday special. Oh, wait, so they're uh, not that actually doing a holiday Yeah, that's what I was saying. So they're not actually doing a right. holiday episode. They're just doing a holiday. I didn't say holiday like, episode. Okay, but still, holiday special means you sit there and you have a really badly themed Christmas up of you know really bad guest stars that pop in like Little Be Richard awesome. and <laughs> Betty White. <laughs> Makes sense in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I okay. watched a Walking Dead okay. holiday episode, like you know, Santa's sleigh crashes in like Newberry or something like that, and the zombies kill him. Then you have a zombie Santa, and then all of his reindeer are just running around. 
That'd be fun. I mean, they have a holiday special. Merry Christmas, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes a whole different movie. Uh, I mean, a whole different thing. A whole different. It doesn't have to be Walking Dead. You can have a a Christmas zombie movie. Yeah, yeah we're just saying though. <laughs> so go to the Talking Terror page or GoFundMe where we're making a Christmas zombie horror movie. Yeah, it's time to get out the time to get out the pads and pens, guys. Monkey, you're always picking the the Christmas episodes. All right, maybe time now. now maybe it's time to take in the influence that you've gained from all of these ridiculous Christmas horror movies you've made us watch, and 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 turn the pen to paper to see what the influence has brought inside you and see what you have now to let out and give to the world. Yeah, wait until my pick in a couple of weeks if you want ridiculous Christmas horror. We're going. <laughs> Why do you, you get think to pick he the was Christmas ridiculous. episode? What if I want to pick the Christmas episode? Then we could swap. You could pick the Christmas no, episode. I'm still doing the Christmas episode. I don't, I don't have a Christmas pick. I don't have a Christmas pick. I'm just <laughs> I do. found one and I'm picking it, so get re- buckle up for ridiculousness. <laughs> when I present what? a really insane Christmas but <laughs> so once the all the way. The Dean's yes, right, though. I have made us watch some two, really sequel. <laughs> Dean's right, though. I have made us watch some really bad Christmas horror movies. <laughs> no, they've been super fun, man. Like, they're absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like, last year Christmas was the one with Goldberg, right? Sorry, I don't remember the title. Yeah. Last year was the one with Goldberg, right? Santa and the year Floyd. before was that, was, that, it was that insane anthology with all those crazy stories, uh, right? It was yeah, the anthology, the one before? What was yeah, that one Christmas called? Horror Story. Christmas Horror Story. Yeah, the Christmas Horror Story. Yeah, and last year was Santa's Sleigh, right? That's, I, like, they, they were fucking, they were super fun, man. I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Totally entertaining. <laughs> he makes it fun. And now he's got to write Walking Dead fan fiction for a holiday special. Absolutely. Rick and the gang facing off against reindeer from the dead. Oh, he's not there anymore, so you can't, you can't use him. It's fan fiction. Uh, you can do well, whatever you want. Yeah, Christmas happens every year, man. How do we know it didn't happen a year that Rick was around? It doesn't have to fall in line. And <laughs> and then right, I'm gonna right, have this fan fi- and then I'm gonna have this fan fiction audiobook read by Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> yes, because he's got to say "cuntle up" though. Got to be in the contract. <laughs> okay. And then, oh, I looked over at the manger, and Rick was like, "Hey, cunt, get over here! I think Santa's a zombie." And I was like, "What are you talking about, you cunt? Fuck off!" <laughs> Trying to bloody well drink my Maloco. Where were we again? Oh, yes, that's right. Anyway, things are turning bad for the people of the Walking Dead community. As the Mad Monkey so eloquently writes in the notes, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Page 30. Okay. Santa's still a zombie, fucking cunt. This is what we get, bloody fucking Americans. What? That's Malcolm McDowell that's narrating his fan fiction. That's his impression of Malcolm McDowell doing the impression of our boy from The Boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy Butcher. <laughs> this is Alex the Wallace meets oh. Billy the Butcher. Crossover <laughs> event of the year. <laughs> All right, so Thank what do you have next? <laughs> yeah. So as we were just talking about the uh, Walking Dead holiday uh, cast celebration, uh, if you will, which is going to be on the subscription service AMC Plus, uh, we have long talked about another subscription service uh, that is officially 
dead. Uh, the Quibi service has oh. ended programming. Uh, I just I feel like we've talked about it for so long that it would mm. uh, it would go against it would go against me to to not have a mention of this. Uh, but uh, Quibi has shut its doors. Uh, they have shut down their their service. When you uh, go to their all of their social media accounts have turned private, and uh, their content is gone. And if you try to like log into the app, if you like have the app downloaded, there's just a, a window sign that says platform closed for business. So uh, they have thrown in the towel. Uh, from my reading earlier today, some additional reading, I learned that attempts to sell the service as a whole, to break it up into pieces, to sell content, uh, nothing was really successful. Um, I know that I have much talked about my enjoyment of 50 states of fright i actually uh sent a message to the shutter service today and was like buy 50 states of fright do it add it to your platform it's the perfect thing for for your for your platform so uh i hope that that happens i do feel that it would and it would be a shame for that to just go away never to be seen from or heard from ever again so i might have been the only person that watched it and uh, and whatnot, but but I thought it was really good, and I hope that Shutter or another uh, you know another uh, service uh, you know finds a way to pick it up maybe around next Halloween season when everybody is scrambling to one up each other with the horror content. Well, especially with Raimi's name attached to it, I'm so, uh, you know it would shock me that no one does pick it up, you know. Exactly. Exactamundo, and I don't know if Raimi has any. Uh, like authority to be the one to like be pushing that to come alive somewhere else. I have no idea how that all works. Um, but anyway, Quibi is 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 no more uh, a, a multi uh, million, maybe even a billion dollar failure of a of an of an operation, like a colossal failure. Um, I know that yeah. uh, they didn't. I know that they didn't. Um, you know, just like go completely bust and blow all their dough. Uh, I know that they were able to like return, uh, not a hundred percent, but I know they were able to return uh, lots of money to their investors, which, in I, from what I understand in the corporate world, is like not that often of an occurrence. Uh, so good on the business side of things, but um, yeah, man, they they took a they took a gamble and it failed big time. And uh, you know, I don't know if 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 COVID. Uh, played a part because everyone was in their house and was able to watch their long form content and like wasn't just looking to catch like an eight minute episode on the shitter at work, um, which was like the concept. But um, but yeah, man, total failure. Yeah, but again, this is what we've talked about so many times on the show is so many streaming services out there, all of them charging, you know, for, for it. You know, and it was just which you know which ones were going to be the first ones to fall because eventually, yeah, they were going to have to start collapsing in on each other because there are just so many out there. Yeah, yeah, you could have your pick, but yeah, I definitely uh, agree more with the dean that it collapsed because of the fact that everybody was fucking home. You know, they could watch Shutter and Netflix and Hulu and all these other uh, streaming services, and nobody's thinking about the ten-minute bites anymore. You know, because nobody has anywhere to go. So it's just unfortunate timing. It was an ambitious project. We sent them to go, but uh, maybe Shutter will pick it up, you know, and that would be great. But you know, time will tell. You know, maybe we haven't seen the last of Quibi. Well, not Quibi, just, or at least the, the property. The, the last of fifty, you know, you know, fifty states. They price. did say that they would they would part. You know, like a like a junk car. They did say they would part out yeah, their properties. Yeah. Like they, so, 
So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's more accurately. Yeah, I should have said that. But yeah, we'll see. Part and parcel, you know, if these shows get picked up elsewhere. I mean, it would be nice to see. Um, I mean, because again, they had that one show that was a reality show about flipping murder houses that I wanted to check out, you know, and I thought that would be really cool. I just never subscribed. You know, I just kind of forgot about it. You have done the 90 day free trial, man. I wish I had done it, you know, in retrospect. I mean, you know, I don't take 10 minute dumps, but I mean, yeah, why not? (laughs) So when you say say you don't take, you say you don't take 10 minute dumps, how, how, how long are your dumps? Five. Are you like Five a long? Dumps. Are you like a long dumper? Are you a long dumper or a short dumper? Short, yeah, very short. Five minutes. You know, I've timed it. Five minutes, I'm off. Now is that? So is that like a five? Like is that like an all the time, or is that like a five minutes if you like need to handle your business at work, or do you like when you're at home? Is it like a more leisurely uh, occurrence when you're at home? Hundred percent of the time, five minutes. No more, no less. You know, so slap it down, get it out, wipe it, and flush it So a hundred percent of the time, like. You know, you know, five out minutes. of the system, uh, clean up, and out the door in, in five. Yep, no more than that. So you're not, you're not, you're not like a, like a, you're not a toilet reader uh, or anything like that. You're all business. No, no, I don't have any time for that. <laughs> Got to get up and go. Time for you know, sit around. I and mean, enjoy get my up life. and go where? To your from the bathroom to your living room. Yeah, because I'm missing something on TV. I'm sure. Uh, well, if you had your phone and you could you could have watched Quibi on the 90 day free trial and and uh, you wouldn't have had to get back to your TV. Yeah, but I wouldn't have been able to finish it because I'm done in five. So I was like, what am I going to do? I got five minutes left. Well, I guess I'll just skip it then. All right, all right. Well, look, that's a very good point. I, you know, uh, right? in, in, yeah. in most occurrences, I take my time. I often time will bring something to read um, <laughs> and just like have some quiet time and, and relax. And uh, you know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes obviously it's a it's it's a it's a fast like in and out uh, situation, mm-hmm. but uh, sometimes it's it's more of a leisurely occurrence. So I was just, I was just curious. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I I would love the luxury to read, but it's not a library; it's a toilet. So I'm not even my business. That's true. Right. Well, I was always right, talking to my parents. Not in there to enjoy yourself. You're right. in there to take your shit and go. All right. So you got that from your parents. So just out of curiosity, uh, were you in a household where there was just one bathroom for everyone to use, and they didn't want kids getting in the habit of like, 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 uh, you know, filling up the time where no one else would have the chance to go? Uh, no, my parents had one, and then my brother and I had one. So we were never allowed in oh, okay. So we had one in the hallway. That you know, yeah, it was like okay. a closet, but you had to be quick. You know, somebody needed to use it, you need okay. to get the fuck out. So that's why I wouldn't have to take my speed right. job. <laughs> Wow, right. Dean is really interested in your bathroom habits. <laughs> well, what about you, Monkey? I mean, yeah, really, Monkey takes it twenty minutes. No, right, I'm so five he, minutes because so he's, he's, he's a little bit more leisurely. No, I'm no, I'm five minutes because that's all it takes for me to play a chess game on my phone, and then I'm done. <laughs> okay. Play fucking chess? I mean, you live with kids. Fair enough. What? You know, everyone has their own their own habits and differences. <laughs> Chess of all things and taking a dump. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Uh, some interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting piece of news uh, that I saw breaking yesterday, and I'm just going to mention this because we did once cover a film uh, that this actor uh, was in, but uh, quite some time ago, and I believe, and I could be wrong, uh, but I believe it was a pick of our of our missing man, the Ghoul of Geeky. I believe his, we once watched it. His uh, choosing a film called Hard Candy. I believe that was the mm-hmm. pick. Am I correct about that? You are. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. And uh, at the time, 
uh, this film starred an actress named uh, Ellen Page, uh, but Ellen Page is no more because yesterday she has announced that she's a transgender man and her new name is Elliot Page. Uh, so, uh, then. moving, so moving forward, uh, that is what uh, he will be known at, uh, as, uh, and also will continue to star uh, in the Umbrella Academy uh, for Netflix, which has already changed their credits to reflect, um, but a very bold and brave move to come out and, and do so. Uh, and, uh, you know, I remember even when, uh, when Ellen Page came out as, uh, came out as gay, uh, that was a bold move, too, because uh, that can sometimes go against uh, working actors and or actresses in Hollywood. Um, but now uh, he has gone one step further. So uh, welcome, Elliot Page, to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime anyone comes out, it's a bold move, you know, and it's a, br- it's a brave move on their part, you know. And, hey, we support you. Oh, yeah. We support That's everyone on Talking Fair. Not everyone, mm-hmm. but almost everyone. Well, yeah, there's, there's a few that we don't. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving forward. A couple of, moving forward, a couple of things to talk about. Uh, Noah Hawley uh, has talked about wanting to make an alien uh, TV series. And once again, he's mm-hmm. talking about an alien uh, TV series for Disney+. Plus. Uh, he said that uh, after a lot of re- reshuffling because of, uh, you know, di- the Disney takeover and now having that property, he believes that studios... Uh, want to be able to make the most of uh, the catalogs and the properties that they own. And uh, he wouldn't be surprised if there was an opportunity to get something going uh, with an alien series for Disney. So, you know, lots of things, lots of talk all the time about different things involving aliens. Uh, you know, we'll see if anything happens, if everything, you know, if it comes about. Um, I just feel there's way more... Uh, lesser quality work in the Alien series, even though uh, the first two are just like all-time great. So oh, yeah. I don't really get excited when I see when I see things like Alien. Like I just don't get excited. It's the same when I see things like Ooh Predator. Like I just I don't get excited. And I know that there's been the crossovers with those two, and that's not the comments that I was trying to make. It's just like there's so much junk that like. Like, there's been so much junk. Like, are they really going to have so much junk and then make something good uh, when they're bogged down by junk? So, who, who knows? And it's, and also with Disney, pick, you know, owning it now and whether or not they go through with it, if they do, I just hope they definitely keep it adult-oriented, you know, keep that R rating feel, and don't try and go for PG or PG-13. Keep, you know, keep it scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, not a fan of the series as a whole, but yeah, why not? You know, anything's possible with Alien. Keep it going. I just not a fan of the sci-fi stuff. You guys know that, but um, all right. Beep, so what else beep. you <laughs> Yeah, the people, people stuff. A uh, couple <laughs> of other, you know, a couple of other things going on these days in the uh, world of horror, and one of those things is. Uh, the Lloyd Kaufman-produced uh, remake of the 1984 all-time classic, The Toxic Avenger. Uh, this Toxic Avenger reboot is being written and directed uh, by someone named Macon Blair, uh, and it's being built as a contemporary reimagining of this trauma classic. 
but what is really interesting is that none other than uh, Peter Dinklage has signed on to play the lead role in the upcoming Toxic Avenger reboot. Uh, I think that oh, Peter Dinklage is just fucking excellent, and I think that it's a fucking perfect casting. And, like, I wasn't, like, yeah. rolling my eyes of Toxic Avenger reboot. Like, I welcome <laughs> back the Toxic Avenger. I welcome Toxie back yeah. with open arms and everything. Love it. Uh, not that I had, like, high hopes, but, like, now, like, my hopes are a little bit higher. My, my hopes stand a little taller today uh, with the news that Peter Dinklage is going to be the Toxic Avenger. Uh, uh, King, what do you think? I thought he was in a movie. I have seen on multiple places that he is being Toxic. That's a choice. It's a bold, bold choice that I'm kind the of in first for. Reports, <laughs> if that's the the first reports that I saw just said that. Uh, Peter Dinklage had signed on, uh, but mm. it says on Variety, it says that Dinklage will play Toxie, the superhero around which the film centers. That's from Variety. And oh. the, and where else? I, I saw it in more than one place. Maybe it was on Deadline. Mm. Maybe Deadline.com said it. I mean, that's what I said. I, it, it's a it's a choice, but it's a bold one, and I'm kind of behind. I mean, if we're going to have Peter Dinklage playing Toxie, I would love to see how they do it. Is Toxie supposed to be big and muscular and mutated, and now he's going to be a little bit smaller and just probably more a little badass. Who knows? I'm here for it. I'm here for it, too. And maybe, like, even though he's little and small, like, when he becomes Toxie, maybe his – He'll he'll be like a bigger smallness, but still but still small. You know what I mean? Like he'll be bigger yeah. than his human form, but like not as big as like a like a, like a big classic uh, Toxie. Yeah, I'm excited either way because Toxie's coming back. Long live Tromaville, I always say. You know, yeah, long live Tromaville. <laughs> absolutely, completely. I just hope, yeah. you know, that they keep in the spirit. I mean, there's been no talk about what direction they're looking to go that I've seen. Uh, like I hope they keep in the spirit of the, the splatter and the gross and, the, and yeah. all of that with the with the effects. Uh, I mean, it's the Toxic Avenger. Uh, this this is not the thing that you need to like, you know, sanitize down. Like if you're gonna go for it, just fucking go for it, man. It's the fucking Toxic Avenger. Let's go. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping they don't do like a gritty Batman style reboot where it's dark and everybody's just really sad. And it's Toxic Avenger. No, it's fucking Tromaville, well, and he's still the Tromaton. <laughs> I am the Toxic Avenger. I am the Knight. Wow. It really went dark with that one. <laughs> yeah, but I, but you don't think Uncle Lloyd would really go there, would, do you? Yes. They were giving him money. He'll go wherever they tell him to go. Because <laughs> you know they're going to give him money for that character. They'll throw a paycheck at him. Be like, you can do whatever you want, boys. Welcome to Tromaville. <laughs> you want to make him talk a little dark? We'll make him dark. We'll make him so dark, you won't even be able to see him, boys. <laughs> yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> he's he's going to, you know, let them do what they please because, you know, paydays are a big thing. And I'm sure Lloyd's not going to turn away any money for a dark reboot. <laughs> okay. I just hope I just hope that it's fun, man. Like, I just want some fun. Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to be. I want some fun. Uh, you know, like the like the throwback fun that like makes you feel happy. Uh, you know, 
if we go back to you know previous episode when I was talking about uh, how the new ACDC album made me feel like just so good and like like I don't mean to say like alive again, but it just like it gave me this feeling of listening to music uh, or or like and and we've talked about music. Uh, many times, King, we've yeah. talked about music off the air. I listen in my yeah. day-to-day life. I listen to, like, a wide variety of music and a billion different genres that I love so much. But, like, nothing will ever make me feel that kind of vibrant, live, uh, life-filled, fun excitement of, like, the music that you fall in love with when you're, like, 12, 13, 14, 15. And, like, for me, like... It, ACDC, one of one of those groups, and like the new album was so good that it's like when I rock out in my car, it just brings me back to all of those fun feelings uh, for real. Uh, not like I'm trying to grasp for something and hoping that it will be the same. Like it legitimately hits me the same way, and like that's what I hope for Toxie, man. I just want to like see yeah. that absurdity and like feel that like that like the the absurdity of like not even being able to believe at what I'm laughing at. Like I want them to to deliver the goods in in that in that capacity. Yeah, I, I think they will. I'm not really worried about being too dark. I mean, I, I joke about that, but I think it'll be just as much fun. I mean, I, I watched Peter Dinklage in Knights of Bad Aston, a uh, Joe Lynch movie, and he's fucking phenomenal on that awesome movie. movie. It's funny. Love it's, that movie. It's gory. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan of Knights of Bad Aston. So if you're a fan of Peter Dinklage and you haven't seen it, yeah, I would I would suggest seeking it out because he's great. I it's will, I will, a weird little film. I will see that and raise you one more. Uh, Peter Dinklage is also... Uh, delightful in it's a it's a very small uh, movie uh, with a very small cast but a wonderful story with really good characters uh, from probably close to twenty years ago uh, called the Station Agent. Oh, I love uh, that movie. Where he stars with yeah. um with uh, Bobby Cannavale and I think um mm-hmm. maybe uh um not Felicity Huffman. Uh, I can't remember who the actress was. The actress, um, and I think that Jennifer, um, what, well, I'm sorry, not Jennifer. Michelle Williams was in there, and also uh, Patricia Clarkson. Uh, it's like this That's little right. small That's little character is, yeah. study, little small little character study move, movie uh, that's just a really interesting story, well acted and written and delightful. So uh, I, I will suggest that for Peter Dinklage as well. So that was one where he moved into the, the railroad depot in Jersey, right? It was like abandoned, and he moved in yes. and just yep. made friends with people. Like they, just, they were all kind of yeah. quirky in their own ways, and he just kind of managed mm-hmm. to fit in. Yeah, they all had, they all had something yeah. weird going on. Yeah, it was like people that were like a little bit broken that kind of found each other and, and, and made relationships. Phenomenal. And it's just like weird. It's like every time – like the story was so interesting that like every time you thought the story was going to like go a certain way – like based on a million years of reading stories and watching movies, it like just didn't go mm-hmm. the way that you were expecting that it was going to go. It was a very smart script. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't focus on his height either, which is good. Like they never really made a big deal out of it that he's small. You know, they just treat no. him like a normal and person. Like when you thought like with certain characters and interactions, especially at that bar they would hang out in, whenever you thought that, that oh, was, yeah. was about to go down, it like went in another direction. Like that's what made it so interesting to me. And that's why, uh, that's why it stands out all these years later. We're not here to talk yeah, about uh, the, the whole catalog of Peter Dinklage. What we are here to talk no. about is finally coming to the big screen and the small screen on oh, January boy. 8th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Finally, after all of these years, 
we are going to have the opportunity to see a potential classic that was never released, and that is from 1983, the sequel to the 1976 classic Grizzly Revenge, starring George George Clooney, Charlie Sheen, and Laura Dern. Yeah. It's been a long time coming for this one. I heard about that when I was in high school, Grizzly 2. So, wow, it's finally getting released. Fucking killer. (laughs) Who's this going to be released by? Do you know, Dean? I, Dean? Did they lose him? Oh, I don't know. Huh. Strange. Let me drop for a minute. And I stepped away from the computer for a second, so can't even check to see if he's in the studio. All right. So, Disney <laughs> 2. That's exciting. I'm, exci- I'm here for it. Because, like I said, I remember reading about that in Fangoria, the long-lost film. You know, just kind of never completed and just all over the place. So, yeah, it looks like he did drop. So, damn. Okay, so so uh, well, so he was saying – so back in the day, uh, George Clooney was in Grizzly 2? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yep, he was in it because he did uh, Return to Horror High, which is considered his first movie. Then he also did Return of the Killer right. Tomatoes. Uh, Charlie Sheen's also in Grizzly 2. So it was kind of one of those movies where it's like look at all these people that are pretty known now. You know, and, yeah. and you know, see what they were doing when they just got started. So Grizzly 2 was that movie. It's finally getting released. So he's back, uh, Dean. Uh, so who's releasing Grizzly 2? I'm sorry? Who's releasing Grizzly 2? Who is releasing it? They yeah, the, is it. there a studio behind it, or are they just putting in theaters? Uh, I, I'm not sure who the, uh, the studio is behind it, but I know that it is going into the theaters. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Uh, it is going into the theater uh, for a very, very limited run, but it's also hitting on demand at the same time. Uh, this is, let's see, All Hell Breaks Loose When a Giant Grizzly Attacks a Massive Big Band Rock Concert in the National Park. Five, five bucks uh, to full moon. <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't looking know. for that information uh, right now. Let's see if I can. Okay. It's the Killer Bear Rock Concert movie. Like, it's the one that you want to see. A gigantic fucking grizzly attacks a rock concert. Like, how is that not the fucking thing you want to watch right now? Seriously, what is a rock concert? What's the rock concert going to look like in 1983, you know? Uh, oh, God, so much cocaine and Coors like, Light so much, so much potential for, uh, for like, just, like, stupid fun. Oh, that's why I can't wait for it. Because I actually do like the original Grizzly. It's actually a good animal attack film. And then they just kind of went off the walls of part two. And I think it's part of the reason why I never got released. It didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> All right, so the sequel wow. never was never completed due to funding issues and problems between the producers. Uh, for almost 40 years, Grizzly 2 has been one of the most fascinating, quote, lost films, unquote, out there. Um, how can a movie that has a massive concert sequence, a huge mechanical bear, and amazing cast have fallen apart yeah. so badly that it couldn't be released? Uh, Grizzly 2 is going to be released. Uh, producer Suzanne Chicos Nagy was able to get a clean and crisp digital transfer done of the old footage, and new footage has been shot to finally complete the film after all these years. Uh, let's see. 
It doesn't say. Uh, I'm not seeing any information about who's behind this. Are we going to have a battle? Are we going to have a battle of young George Clooney versus old George Clooney? I would bet Uh, every single thing that I own that you are not going to see any involvement from a modern day George Clooney. George Clooney, they're going to be like, they're going to ask him. They're going to be like, uh, so George Clooney, how do you feel about Grizzly Two? And he's going to be like, George who? (laughs) Charlie Sheen, however, you'll get him. You can get him to do the commentary. Charlie Sheen filmed filmed all new scenes. Uh, All new scenes and and did the whole commentary uh, as well as a commercial, as well as participating in a a paid Q&A where you can pay money to ask him questions. Look out. There's a Grizzly not winning. Oh, that Charlie Sheen. He's back with Grizzly too. The Grizzly didn't have tiger blood. Get your Grizzly 2 t-shirts, baseball caps, mugs, balloons for the kids. All signed speaking, Charlie name. Speaking of, of Charlie Sheen, uh, I just last night on TV, I saw a, a commercial. A commercial. And I think it was for maybe, like, it was either a commercial for, uh, for insurance, like medical insurance. Oh, Medicare? Or something. Yeah. Uh, where, where, that where, like, the star of the commercial was Martin Sheen. And uh, yep. there was also in the commercial, there was a cameo, like later in the commercial, there was a cameo uh, from Charlie Sheen. <laughs> oh, wow. He just goes, get him, Dad. <laughs> Man, he, 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 he can't even get a full commercial spot. He just gets a cameo in commercial spots now. Man. And he was just happy <laughs> to get it, man. He was just happy with the work. I mean, Amelia <laughs> was nowhere to be found because he's working on Mighty Ducks for Disney Plus, so he doesn't have time for Medicare commercials. Charlie does. No, 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 no. That's not, oh, Amelia, yeah. Uh, so I did a, did some quick looking, and Grizzly 2 is being put out by a company called GBGB International. GBGB, okay. not GBGB, but GBGB. No, no, GBGB. Okay, well. uh, they have an office uh, in New York City, and they are the company that is behind um, this film. So, uh, Those, yeah. Secretly find out that yeah, it's owned out. by Charlie Sheen. GBGB. <laughs> President and founder the founder of Suzanne, <laughs> Suzanne Chico's uh, Negi is one of the original producers uh, who was on board with this to get this thing done and get this thing out. So this has kind of been like a labor of love for her, uh, you know, for all of these years. That's very cool. Wow. Very cool that's coming out. <laughs> very cool that, you know, they're, they're actually showing you to the masses who been waiting so long, like myself. I just got to see Grizzly 2. I'll probably wait till I see it from home, not in the theaters, but yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, what else do you have, Dean? Well, I, I just want to, I, like, I, like, there's some, just a couple more things I want to talk about with this real, like, as, sure. as I, I found this whole uh, wealth of information, uh, it says that, and this is a statement from, from that producer, Suzanne, it says, uh, George Clooney, Laura Dern, Charlie Sheen, Louise Fletcher, John Rhys-Davies, uh, everybody uh, were among the cast. The first day of shooting was the most important event, a Woodstock-style concert where a gigantic grizzly bear attacks people. It was a fantastic and mesmerizing day. Everything worked out. The weather, the rock bands, the 40,000-person audience. Principal photography started on Monday. We had 45 days to finish the film. Everything was mapped out. Sunday was a break. 
Everybody relaxed when the call came to my home. My partner from Chicago was looking for my husband, who was not in the film business, and asked him to come to the Intercontinental Hotel. When he returned, he was pale and devastated. I asked him what is wrong, and he replied, Joe, your partner is leaving Hungary. If you want to save the movie, you do what you need to do. He is leaving in half an hour because there is no money for the production. I thought this was a joke, but then I was realized I was left alone with 300 members of the film crew from four countries. So they just got friggin' screwed with this thing uh, big time. Yeah. They staged a 40,000 person. I got to I gotta do a little more research and see if there's any bands of note that were in this thing, but they, they put on a 40,000 person concert. <laughs> Like not you know probably shot on legitimately forty thousand people. So um, <laughs> anyway, uh, a <laughs> lot of interesting stuff. Up, I, like my interest is totally peaked, and I haven't seen uh, the original Grizzly uh, probably in uh, you know ten years. Maybe I watched it on YouTube, but like probably around ten years ago. Um, and I, uh, I I think my interest has now uh, been perked up and i think i might be looking uh, to check this out in january so uh that is what we have and uh that is uh you know the final story that i have for this evening's portion but before we get uh to the new mutants i just like would like to take a moment uh to introduce our very own ghoul of geek who has a couple of things that he would like to say hey everybody Sweet. what is going on guys <laughs> not hey, much cool. man Dude, you sound like you sound like shit man yeah, I feel like shit. You know, believe me, I wish I could be my normal fucking yelling, screaming, excited self, but there's only so much energy I can muster at the moment. Most of it's coming out of me into the toilet bowl. Uh, Did you hear geez, our segment so where sorry. we discussed at, le- at length uh, the details of the King of Horrors bathroom habits? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I guess you'll have to all. listen back to find out, to find <laughs> out the joyful segment that, that was. You'll have to listen back. Dude, I don't it was know a shitty segment. Anything. Yeah, I bet it was. I think I've got another <laughs> shit going on, man. The, the bathroom habits of the king, though, is a, is a scary, scary thought. It's actually not as scary as you thought. It's a, it's a five-minute in-and-out, quick, clean process, man. Okay, oh, we don't well, need to touch back you, on it. <laughs> let's just get back to the glory. The monkey, the monkey you got fan of that segment, so... Okay. The ghouls only got but so much time. Or, or, or what? Wait, you know that already. The day? <laughs> well, look, uh, ghoul, we know that your your energy uh, is limited. So let's uh, let's get into the business here. Uh, you know, you said you wanted some, some – there were some things you had to say. I didn't say anything about anything to say, man. I was just going to join in for the beginning of the segment here. God, All right. All right. And take it away. It's it's movie time. King, put up the reel. <laughs> <laughs> Professional as movie always, time. huh? <laughs> New Mutants 2020, Josh Boone. What do we got, uh, Ghoul? Yeah, listen, I'm sorry on this one, guys. You know what? This is one of those where, unfortunately, promises were made. Deals were (laughs) struck. Okay? They were supposed to finally deliver us like a horror film utilizing. Um, 
I thought it was kind of weird that they were going to go there with this with this property with the New Mutants. But then when you read some of the earlier issues of this particular comic, it really it would fit well. Um, this is the second attempt to make a horror film based comic character out of like a group that isn't normally seen in that way I consider uh, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four the first attempt and that was fucking horrible uh, that went mm. for a Cronenberg's body horror type of deal um, this instead was you know talking about taking its its ideas from Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and and all of that and uh, and yeah I think it, it, it didn't succeed. I think it uh, it was limited in in a lot of ways, and I don't know if that was studio. I don't know if that was just the director. I don't know. Unfortunately, this is also if I'm I'm not even sure if I'm completely right. Is this not the same director that's doing the miniseries of the Stand that's coming up? Yep. Yeah. Which now I don't have all that much fucking hope for anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> not so much, but. Yeah, but you know, aside from that, listen, it's 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 a mishmash of of young, up and coming actors and actresses that all tried to do accents that all failed at them miserably, and that that's, that's pretty much what you had. Pretty much what you had with the New Mutants, you know. I couldn't tell. Okay, I can tell you what all of their powers are, but that's because I know these characters from thirty years of comic book history. What this movie showed yep. you. Was was shit. They did not explain any of this well in any way. But King, what did you think? Well, before um, we get before, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Let's do that first because I have some questions for the ghoul. But go go ahead, King. Yeah, um, I just I went into it open minded because I was like, okay, horror movie, New Mutants. I know a little bit about them, so I know what to expect from the characters. But the movie itself was just trying to rip off Dream Warriors and then inject Marvel into it. At one point, I don't feel like they knew what they were doing anymore. And they were just kind of riffing, seeing, you know, what they could do within the hour and a half that they had. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, I'm going to tell Joy playing uh, Rasputin, uh, you're supposed to be Russian, but you just kind of sound like yourself for some sequences. <laughs> that Russian accent drops real quick, just like with Charlie Heaton as Sam, where he's supposed to be a good old boy from Kentucky. Then he's just like, well, hey, what's going on, guys? Like, where'd Jackson go, man? You just you dropped <laughs> off, like so. I thought the demon bear was going to be more pronounced like it was supposed to be, and it wasn't. So I didn't hate the movie, but I'm just glad I didn't waste money to go see it in the theater. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But how, okay, so, so Dean, what is it that, that you were going to propose? I know we were going to do our roundtable, but everybody wants to get silent. Like, listen, I'm not dying, guys, okay? I know it sounds like it at the moment, <laughs> but I'm not. This isn't a make-a-wish moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it wasn't, well, look, 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 that, that's something I'd like to explore really quickly, though. Uh, if this was make a wish moment, Keith, and you were like one of those little children that gets the opportunity to have a make a wish moment, what would your make a wish moment be? A good segment for the show coming up. Meet John Cena. <laughs> Why I wouldn't be able to see him. Yeah, but like, but <laughs> can you like do that at like a convention if it was a normal world? Like, like make a wish kids get to do all kinds of interesting shit. Like, what would you do? You, do you have any clue? Would, would you need time to think about that? I would he probably meet need A-train. time to think about it, but, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to hang out with the guys from Heavy Duty or whatever the fuck their name, Heavy Machinery. I, I never get oh, it right. Oh, yeah. Ducky? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Otis, and, du- Otis <laughs> and Ducky. 
All right, so I am introducing a new segment, and this is what I'm going to request. I'm going to request that everybody uh, for next week think about what their make-a-wish would be if they were dying, if they were like a little child dying, and they got the opportunity to have a wish granted by the Make-A-Wish Foundation. What would your make-a-wish be? We could talk about it next week. Are you trying to hint okay. to us that you're doing wish? Is Wishmaster Two like your pick for next week? No, there's no, there's no, there's no science oh. whatsoever. <laughs> that that was a spur of the moment thought just from you saying that you're not a, like a Make a Wish kid. Oh, but uh, wow, yeah. Moving on, the, uh, questions, New Mutants. What do you got? So, I have no concept or had no concept of who these characters are. Uh, where they're from, like what their stories are, because this is just not my my realm. And to to, to, to when the when this pick was announced as tonight's film, I didn't even know that New Mutants was supposed to be uh, in the direction or in the realm of horror. I had no idea. I just knew or that in some way it had something to do uh, with the X Men. Uh, I I mean I I kind of liked it. Uh, having no concept and no background and no knowledge, um, yes, I I I I see your uh, your Dream Warriors reference, King, and then I also, even though it was not like a like a one character thing, there was I think I can't remember the title. I think it was the pick of the ghoul. Actually, there was a like girls uh, or in like a mental hospital, right? And like it turns out that there the was war. not multiple patients, and the one girl was was all the, the characters or something that we covered once. Yep. Um, of the ward, John Carpenter. Ah, yes. Uh, so, like, you know, I, I got that kind of sense, you know, from, like, those kinds of films where we have a characters in, like, a mental facility. Um, and I, I thought that at its not, not knowing the whole realm and world of X-Men and the comic background of everything, I thought it was, like, an interesting uh, concept. So I, like, kind of enjoyed it. I didn't think it was the best movie I ever saw. What was interesting in my reading after I watched it was to learn that this was going going to be, and in this day and age of properties that I, I can't fathom that it's going to be the last ever film involving X-Men, but, like, this seemed kind of it like is. an origin story to me <laughs> when it said that this is, and it's, I'm reading that this is the final X-Men movie, but it seemed more like an origin story to me, so from uh, I thought that was weird. That's from Fox because that was this was originally made while Fox still owned the X Men. Um, now Disney owns all of that, so that's what this is. It's the last X Men property, you know, the Hugh Jackmans, all those all those X films are now kind of rendered gone as far yeah. as they're concerned. So this, yeah. so this was part of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This, Okay. Yeah, this, is this, take, this takes like, place yeah, in that, that universe. universe. So it takes place in in the Hugh Jackman uh, X Men universe. Uh, yeah. But anything mm-hmm. that happens with X Men moving forward uh, is is doing its own thing, not related to any of that whole world. Going back to like the very original X Men movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, we'll Disney see what Disney's start doing okay. their own thing. I don't think Disney's okay. going to tie into it. If they do, they'll do the whole, you know, it was an alternate universe that no longer exists. <laughs> sure. So, but yeah, so, you know, when I read, and again, I didn't know, you know, even what, I, like, like as I pulled up some information right now, uh, as I'm looking at this, I don't see, like, what I'm looking at personally right now uh, doesn't say anything. Oh, there, then the film was delayed while reshoots were planned and Disney began the process of acquiring production company 20th Century Fox. But, 
where before that it says that it was the 13th and final installment. Again, uh, I mean, knowing that, that it is now a different property and that there will be more, like this film uh, still, to me, it felt like, like an origin story of, of, um, of um, what's her name, Moonstar. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. with all of the other characters struggling with their powers and whatnot, and then we have we have Danny Moonstar like mm-hmm. not knowing why she's there, like not understanding or realizing her power. Like it felt like it felt like any other superhero origin movie to me. So you know, right. I and did enjoy it for, for what it was. Yeah, you're not wrong because this was originally supposed to be a trilogy of movies. It just got caught mm-hmm. in the snafu of getting bought up by Disney. But this was, like, you know, you're exactly right. This is an origin story. You know, this is the beginning of the New Mutants. But there were supposed to be, you know, as Josh has planned out, two more movies where they were going to be introducing more characters into, into the New Mutants roster and then tapping into, me personally, one of the greatest fucking storylines ever written for a comic book, which would have been the Inferno series. But... um. And that was going to center around a Yana Rasputin, you know, as the center of that story. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. This was the beginning. It wasn't the end of the ah, end, end all. Right. Okay. Okay. That, so that makes more, more sense to me now. So, okay. Now, I, I just – I didn't know all of that stuff because uh, this is not – you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not stuff that I read up on and follow as far as, like, the business side of things in that particular genre. Um, but for what it was, like you know, I, I I enjoyed it. I liked the characters and and whatnot. I thought you know I thought it was, it was fine. You know, I, I I did not you know I I got I got actually I got like a little bit of excitement because like it had that same kind when I started the movie. It had that same like Marvel thing at the beginning, uh, like uh, like the other Marvel movies had. So I was like, Ooh, it's, yeah, it's this OCU. Like, this is exciting. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, man. So it's like, it, like it, you know, it's fine. Like I, I enjoyed my I enjoyed my experience watching it. Yeah, well, I mean, again, unfortunately, yes, this 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 did hit the cut, and uh, and it was supposed to be the start of a trilogy. There's this a scene in this movie, and a name of the corporation is actually also from uh, Deadpool two. So there were connections, and if they were to eventually and get Logan. to Inferno. And Logan, yes. If they were to get to Inferno, it would have been a broader scope type of film. But you know, who knows? Now, if we get lucky, maybe we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see that in the greater MCU. You know, where where it would fit in more with more characters. But I don't know. Again, that's that's a big build. That's a big build up. That's end game level build up. Yeah. And Monkey, what do you think about the new movie? We haven't even gotten to you yet. <laughs> yeah, th- this Hi, movie is like. Hi, Goo. It's great to hear from you, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, after the ghoul and I being huge fans of the New Mutants and waiting and waiting and waiting, and it just getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Uh, and we finally get the movie. And, yeah, this movie's a big-ass uphill battle. I mean, because we're talking about, you know, films. Unfortunately, it's going to be the last film, but, you know, Maybe we can bring that around in a second. Um, but, yeah, with, you know, the the hard thing about this is it's a first film, 
And especially with team films, the first films are always fucking tricky. It's just because you got to introduce everyone. Then you got to introduce their backgrounds. And you got to find, find a way to tie them into the universe that they're in. You got to do some character development. And then you got to try and squeeze in a villain and have some action <laughs> so that, you know, people will come back for more. Like I said, it's a really fucking big uphill battle. Uh, did I have fun watching it? Fuck yeah, I had fun watching this thing, man. It was a hell of a lot better than Generation X. <laughs> but did oh, I get God. The There's so many better than Generation X. <laughs> but but still, did I get... Yeah, <laughs> but did I get the movie that I think this title deserved? Fuck no. Just because I fucking love mm. this title, it's a fucking great title, but we're also talking about a title that grew with you over 100 issues. And it took 100 issues for all of that story and all of the great writing between Louise Simonson and Chris Claremont to sink in. And it just – it really just wasn't enough screen time to really, really capture this. I'm hoping Disney will sit there and look at this, pick it back up, and turn this into a long-running series where they can actually mm-hmm. take their time with the character development – Write, write everyone younger like they're supposed to be, and then I think you could have a really, really teen-oriented, pro- you know, really, really good teen-oriented project here. Yeah. Well, the part, the the, the one thing again, you know, obviously, you know me, I'm always going to be like, yeah, do the series, do the series. I love the long form stuff. Um, I mean, that's what Disney Plus is for. Um, you know, I know that there's been uh, supposedly there, there's been things thrown around. They're thinking about doing X Factor. Um, there's also, you know, obviously, I think New Mutants is definitely a way for them to go, especially if they want to tap into the teen audience and give them characters that they can uh, feel represent them well. Uh, as far as the ages go, you kind of got to play. You got to play that safe because one, if you want to have any kind of like romantic entanglements and things like that, you know, you want the kids to be of a certain age so that you don't feel like you're catering towards, you know, a certain naughty, you know, group of, of, of adults yeah. out there that like to watch that kind of yeah. thing. Um, but you still want it believable for the teens watching it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, with Claremont's writing and, and all of the things that we got with the original X, you know, the, the original New Mutants, um, I know you say 100, 100 issues. I always pretty much end that original New Mutants run with the Extinction Agenda, um, which I think happened around like the 70s or so. Um, as far as the issues went, I think there were some major storyline ending things there, and that was before Cable got yeah. involved. Just after, actually, I think it's just after Cable got involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say Extinction the, Agenda. I think ended around issue ninety-five. But yeah, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so, you so had, to, in that you had some shocking shit. Um, exactly, yeah. and I feel like that ended the initial run, and obviously so did Marvel, because it was at that point that they decided to stop the New Mutants and turn them into X-Force, um, you know, uh, X-Force. a more adult-oriented <laughs> group. Um, X-Force. Hey, listen, man, everybody, everybody on this fucking planet that's ever collected comic books, I know somewhere in those boxes has a complete 100% wrapped <laughs> still in bag issue of x-force fucking number one with the deadpool card inside of it that came with the fucking <laughs> thing man because they build that as being like the next the, the next biggest comic book to ever hit the fucking stands and now well you had it. it's like the death well you you, you had five different you had five different ones 
with a, each, no, each a different card. But the Deadpool. Oh, no, yes, it yes, was the X Force one. Yeah, yeah it's one for different cards. But 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 you're right. It was the Deadpool one that everyone wanted, and yeah, I still have mine. <laughs> yep, yep, I have mine in my box somewhere. And yeah, like, said, like again, there was that whole reboot that they did. The X Men turned into two teams. You had the Uncanny X Men, and then Claremont working on just the X Men comic book, and uh-huh. that had like five variant covers. And then one, because you could put all those covers together to make one big cover, of course. And one issue though yep. had all of those issue all those covers tied together yeah I, I got all of that huge x-men fan i think that the dean knows this well um i've heard this of, conversation my, my so table many full times. of toys yeah. <laughs> my, my big it's table yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah there, there were things that they could have explored here that they didn't there were things that they just didn't seem to have the time they rushed through them and that yeah. again is, is unfortunate and yeah maybe hopefully we'll get that better done in, in, in a future installment. I don't mean to say I didn't enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. You know, any, any yeah. comic book based movie, I find some weird satisfaction in watching them just because I'm a comic book fan. But yeah, this one did not live up to what I knew it could be. I mean, for me, yeah, it was, it was the here, touches man. of the characters. You know, um, they, they give you like little bits and pieces of each character. So if you're a, a new person coming into it, like the, the Dean would be, like, you get a sense of who everybody is, like Sunspot and Cannonball, Magic, Mirage. Um, I love the fact that they included Lockheed, which is technically Kitty Pride's pet, but they gave it to uh, Ileana in this one, you know, and you get to see it as a puppet and then transform towards the end, which I thought was great. But I loved Maisie Williams as Wolfsbane. She had the best storyline for me in those comic books because it was very religion-based and being branded as a witch and almost torn apart by Father Craig in those comics. And then to see him in the movie, you know, take form and attack her in the shower and brand her with the W. Like, I just, I loved her character. I just felt like, again, they didn't really know what to do with her, so let's just have a romantic relationship with Danny Moonstar, which I, was complicated yeah. because that's never happened in comic books. But at the same time, you're, you're not following completely. So you could kind of have carte blanche as far as what you do with the characters. Yeah, and with Rain's background being extremely Catholic, you know, that, that's one thing that I think they definitely nailed is the the whole thing of – that was one of her constant inner struggles was she was Catholic. Mm-hmm. What she's doing with the new mutants, you know, is it going against her religion? She, you know, she's, she was the one who always had faith, you know, in the group, and she was always the sign of purity in the group. <clears throat> and then her and Danny, you know, were bestie friends even though she was very much younger than Danny. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mm-hmm. thought that was, uh, you know, and I think that bringing that and going that route made a lot of sense with the lesbian relationship with them because it's just another, yeah. it's another conflict for this character who's so rooted in her morals, you know, and mm-hmm. if being a mutant is a sin, well, now you're also a gay mutant. You know, which is just, you know, another thing, another thing. It's a layer on a layer. And here, like you said, she's definitely the most fleshed out of the characters. Her power is obviously, it's easy to explain. She's a fucking werewolf. Um, You know, so that, that I think is what makes her the best character in the film, though, because, you know, everybody else is kind of, it's kind of like thrown up in the air as far as like what they, they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. that, I, one thing I want to bounce off of you, Ghoul, is just because you're a hard, hardcore uh, X-Men franchise fan here, is this is one another problem I had with the New Mutants movie is, again, it has to go the route of all these other X-Men movies, man, where everyone's fucking miserable with their powers. You know, and that was one thing that I got a little bit frustrated with in this movie, just because they went and changed <clears throat> Bobby's power around so that now he burns people and he can't go around and be passionate. And that was one of the problems I had was in the group, he was always the flirty Casanova guy that was always hitting on the girls. The girls always liked it. And they went and changed him to where he's moody and broody as well, because now you know, he's got to sit there and fit into that thing of everyone's miserable with their powers, you know, and it seems like that's one of those things with the X-Men franchises is, you know, no no one ever seems, except for Bobby in the first X-Men movie, (laughs) um, when he was Iceman. I saw Uh, that movie. But it seems like that's a constant where everyone hates their powers. Well, I think that's the conflict that we always have, though, and you get that mm-hmm. in the comic books as well. Um, you know, the idea is the, the reason why they're with Xavier to begin with is to learn how to control their powers so that they don't harm themselves or others around them. I think changing Bobby up for this, it's just a, a way to explain why it's a hospital setting as opposed to what it was in the original books, which was a school. Um, you know, in the right. original comics, you knew that it was Xavier's school. You knew that this is the this is the group that was supposed to be the next set of X-Men. You know, the idea of the New Mutants was that, well, the X-Men have all grown up. You know, you couldn't have them children forever. I mean, like, you know, like we see the Simpsons and stuff like that, where 24 years later, they're still the same age. You see that with South Park. So in the, with the comics books, they didn't mm-hmm. want to do that. They wanted them to to feel like they were accomplishing goals and moving on. So as the X-Men got older, they needed to bring in a younger generation. Xavier needed to still be working a school. And and here you go. In this case, though, they they went a different route. They wanted to give you the hospital because they wanted the horror setting that they were going with, which is bold. And to expand upon that, yeah. Uh, And that was what I liked about this movie is because, like you had said, with the X-Men, you have Charles Xavier rolling around in his wheelchair, going to Mutant Tomes, going, I have a school for you, and you're going to learn your powers. And they're like, yay! But then you have the fucking New Mutants being basically thrown into a mental asylum, saying, you have to be controlled, <laughs> we're going to train you to be killers. So, yeah, of course they're going to be fucking depressed all the time. They're locked away from society, and they're basically having to prove their powers. You know, they're not being trained by, you know, Xavier, who's like, I love you guys, and oh, let's have a pizza tonight, huh? No, they don't get pizza tonight at this network at Mulberry. No, they have to drug Cecilia Ray's tea so that they can eat cereal and dance and watch Buffy make out with Willow. That's all they have. That's all they have is DVDs of Buffy and each other. So it's like, of course they're going to be depressed. And I, I like that aspect of it. Like, this is what happens to the mutants that don't get picked up by Charles. These are the ones that get picked up by the X yeah. Corporation. And it's fucking depressing. And, and that, I think, and that's is. a good. <laughs> Yeah, good points, guys. I, you know, th- thank you. Um, but that scene that you just talked about, King, you know, of them drugging and having a break, I really, really like that they threw that tension breaker in there. You know, just to oh, keep yeah. you from yep. getting ground down all that. And just that little bit of happiness and silliness going on, just to see them, you know. In that moment, I saw the new mutants I was reading. You know, it was just silly moments in the school and like it just you know it 
gave me a just huge smile just, just to watch him dancing around and having a fun, silly time. Yeah, well, I mean, it couldn't be brooding all the time. Um, even right. though, yes, in the, in the comic book, it kind of was as well, you know? Um, I mean, you have Ileana who, you know, in her case, she opens portals to limbo and, and can step in and out of them, which is basically like a hell dimension. In the comic book, That's she my girl. went in at like <laughs> age eight and stepped out at age 16. So there was this huge gap where they thought she was dead and gone, and it just turned out that she had turned into a teenager, losing all these years. Well, all those years yeah. she spent were in this hell dimension, which explains why she's so twisted. See, I feel in, the, in this movie, they don't give you that, because instead they just no. give you that this is a, is a creation of her own, I think was even the line. She said it's like a place that she made yeah. up. So, you know, you, you don't have that angst, so instead you just kind of have like a bitchy teenager, which is fine. It's very realistic to having teenage girls in the house, believe me. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it worked for me. You know, having Ileana do that one, and I love it when she flicks out the soul sword for the first time. And I was like, yep, that's like, that's Colossus's sister, and she's in this fucking movie. <laughs> you know, but... Because there was no explanation to everything, it was kind of unearned. No. See, like me, like loving the character, because I'm a big Ileana fan as well. You know, I love magic. Mm. So when I saw that in the trailers, I was stoked because I really thought they were at least going to give us a hint of what the whole limbo dimension was and her getting that sword being an earned thing. In this, it's like, no, she just gets armor on her one arm and the sword comes out. And then it glows blue. Yeah. <laughs> like they I bought a really cool first time that happened. I wasn't expecting it. <clears throat> yeah. I was going to say, for somebody like Dean, that's what I as I, didn't, I didn't know any of these characters or their powers when she, like, whipped that thing out for the first time. I was like, oh, damn. Like, she's been hiding that thing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> she just leveled up. <laughs> you know, she was just testing to see if she was invincible. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I did appreciate Reyes's character for what it was in the movie sense anyway. You know, just doing her job for the Essex Corporation and you know, always keeping it that way and never kind of breaking away because she's the only person in this facility. There's no guards. There's no other doctors. She's the only one in the facility being the, the parent of all these kids. So when they find out through the computer that Danny needs to be eliminated, she just says, okay, you know, entering my code, and I'm going to do it. There's no hesitation. There's no, you know, this is a job. So I'm going to get my blood sample, eliminate her, and then move the fuck on because it all worked there. I was glad that they kept it that way. There was no... Oh, but I care about her now, and I think she's sweet. I could be a mother. Nope. I got a job to do. No, she's all business. I'll I'll give you that. You're not wrong there. The uh, the only question I have with that, though, is is that like a – was the casting – I don't know. Where's like – where are the other characters? Like, where are the background characters in this movie? Where are the extras? Even Jurassic Park, you had a bunch of extras that eventually get off the fucking island just before the storm hits, leaving you with the ragtag group that you have. Here, right. it's like one person running this entire school or this, this hospital mm-hmm. with, you know, with these kids. There's no orderlies. There's no guards. Like, I get it. The woman's right. got these, but, these powers that, that so put up these, these shields and whatnot. But these kids have powers too. Wouldn't you figure that there's more are, people so, there? So this is my question where I need some people that have knowledge about this stuff. And I didn't look this stuff up because I wanted to ask all of you because uh, – and I'm glad that you were able to come in for this segment, Ghoul, because, uh, you know, I've heard I've, – well, I've listened to you talk about this stuff so many times over the years. Now, 
the doctor, you know, she had her powers as well, right? So she, with her powers, was the one that was able to to create those fields, right? And that's why they needed to eliminate her so they can remove those fields. Now, my yes. question, what I was thinking, when you're saying, where's all these other people, like not knowing the greater world of the X-Men and what was going on in the, in the greater world of the X-Men and Essex and, you know, the X-Men school and all of this, at the time that this story was taking place, whether it's just from the film or from the comics, the location of the school was this like, I mean, the location of this hospital facility that they were in, one, was this story taking place at a time when, like, the evil mutant brigade was, like, on their heels and on the run and trying to build back up? Was this facility, like, an older facility that they had that the X-Men had destroyed? And let me me ask my questions here. Uh, Was the facility a facility that, like, they had had, but that the X-Men had destroyed in a battle, but they still were holding on to it. Like, these were questions that I was thinking because I don't know the greater X-Men universe. Well, I mean, in the comic books, it's just another one of Xavier's properties. You know, so, right. you, you, so, had, so you know, Xavier had his school for where, where the X-Men were, and then he had another property that he had mm-hmm. these kids at. And then sometimes they had them mess yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you couldn't tell. Sometimes yeah. the X-Men yeah, wait, but like, like, wait, forgive me for my for my, my lack of remembrance, but Xavier, like that's Doctor X, right? That's a good guy. Professor right. X. Yeah. The, that's Professor it. X. Yes. But all right, but so this facility, this facility where this the facility new mutants are at not, is not run by Professor Xavier. Right. <laughs> no, that's no, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that, that, that was my question. Yeah. You said, oh, this is just a property owned by Xavier, but this was no. not. This was, this was a property that was being used for evil. So was this like yes. when it was not all closed up and locked up, was it an evil facility that had been beaten, but then they like reopened it in secret to craft these new evil characters? Is that, is that what was going on? Here? I mean, it, my guess would okay, be no. no, because I think this has always been run by the evil people, yeah. by the gravestones yeah. outside. Yeah. I think they've been using yeah. this as a laboratory yep. for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dean, how you have Xavier's school, then you have this school that's run by the Essex Corporation, and they are doing the same thing where they're trying to take young mutants like Xavier is, but instead of training them in good ways and teaching them to control their powers and be happy with their powers, like the ghoul said, all right, this school is instead taking young mutants and taking them and training them so then the Essex Corporation, Mr. Sinister, <laughs> can then yeah, take no them worries. and turn, turn, yeah, turn them into an army for him. So think about school, Magneto's group. You know, essentially, is that's what he is. Mister Sinister is a Magneto level yeah. villain. You know, so you have like some mm-hmm. of the the big mm-hmm. villains in the X Men universe are Magneto, Mister Sinister, and then guys like Apocalypse. And they always have their little their little squadron of baddies. You know, this this again was going. That's where this was going. They were trying to train them to become you know the next level of uh, villainous people to fight the X Men. No, that I mean that part. That, I mean that part. Obviously, like like I get that part, you know. But mm-hmm. I was just curious, like because when you're saying, oh, there was no orderlies and no other workers, like what I'm asking is, in like the world of the X Men universe, was this taking place at a time when like the evil was like down and defeated and maybe didn't have 
like there's always henchmen available. You could go to fucking you know go to henchmen.com and find a bunch of fucking baddies. <laughs> you know, there's always red shirts. I mean, come on. Well, this is. I mean, this movie, though. Yeah, but there were. There were. There was one evil doctor. There was not a bunch of henchmen. Uh, that's was, what I'm saying. I want the henchmen. I need henchmen. I need other yeah. fucking things for them to kill in this movie. They need other people this to fight. This is close, Logan. <clears throat> this movie is clearly right. close, Logan. Because they show X-23 in the transit facility. The little girl from Logan. So yeah. this is the X-Men are dead in this universe. There's no more X-Men. So that's what I took it as. You know, they were all killed by Xavier. So that's what we get. You know, so there are no heroes coming to save these new mutants at the Millbury facility. They have to save themselves. You know, as we see in the finale with Reyes being attacked finally by the ultimate culmination of Danny's powers, the Demon Bear. Uh, yeah. Which wasn't bad. I didn't mind the effect. I kind of dug it. It was better than the Smiley Men with their horrible CGI faces. Yeah, but again, oh. they probably threw this in here because we needed some bodies, like the ghoul said. You gotta have something yeah. in there for. We gotta have some action. We gotta actually have something happen. So we gotta throw in the smarty face. <laughs> yeah, well, the problem it, is, is you hmm. know, even though these guys are being trained to be bad guys, and we know that they all have these powers that can do terrible things, you know, high levels of damage and whatnot. Um, we still know that these characters are ultimately good. You know, and that's the thing. You can't have the good guys killing off a bunch of people, even if they're quote-unquote bad guys. But if you make them a bunch of smiley-faced figments of somebody else's imagination, now you can totally have Bobby blasting away and doing things like that. Yeah. Which was great to see when he finally does kind of harness that power towards the end of the movie, you know, and and helping in the fight. But even when, uh, when Ileana goes into limbo, with Lockheed to fight Demon Bear, I was like, oh, are they going to show like a gigantic fucking purple dragon and it's going to fight? Nope. They kept the truth of the comic books. And you got little cute Lockheed <laughs> flying around. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, you know, just flying. Through. I was like, oh, they kept it. They kept it to the comics. They didn't make them say yeah, the fucking big ass dragon. I, I lost my nerd shit as soon as like real life, you know, or Limbo Lockheed or however they want to put it, came out and just yeah. was out there with Ian and I was just like, oh shit, yay! <laughs> it just didn't make any sense though. Why is he a puppet for most of the time, but then has some ability <laughs> to turn into a real dragon, but then is a puppet mm. again? <laughs> like, again, the rules <sighs> of this universe just don't makes sense and I feel like that's because they just hit a point where they were like you know what we're getting sold anyway who really gives a fuck we're not going to flesh this out I know this was, this was supposed to have a bunch of reshoots and those never yeah. happened yeah. you know they, they said they were going to reshoot yeah. they were going to do this they were going to do that and then all the reshoots got cancelled they were like hey you know what we're not going to spend any more money on that so here touch up what you got work with this a little bit edit it how you please and I, I when I got it on uh, Xbox uh, I thought I had gotten the version with the bonus, and there's like 10 minutes worth of deleted scenes. Um, so I can only imagine what's what's in that. But unfortunately, I didn't get it with it, and I'd have to pay another 20 bucks. I don't know why they give you that as a fucking option. Why do they give you the option for the same price to buy the movie or buy the movie with a bonus? You know, who doesn't want the bonus features? It's not like they're attached to the film. It's a whole other drop-down fucking menu. Just give us the fucking bonus features every time. Because I can't tell you how many times I buy a movie, spend 20 bucks or whatever, and then I'm like, oh, fuck, it didn't have the bonus shit with it because I thought it did. 
Sorry. Rant yeah, over. same thing with DVDs. <laughs> no, <laughs> in a digital, does like buying a digital version of a movie ever come with bonus shit? Yes, they have them where mm-hmm. they're available yep. with with non-bonus and bonus. When you use my movies anywhere, you don't have access to the bonus stuff. There's a whole, like, I, I had to re-download everything when I got the, the new Xbox. And it turns out, like, yeah, my movie list has, whatever, eight, 900 movies on it. But altogether, there's, like, 4,000 fucking videos because of all the bonus things that also had to get, like, re-populated onto the damn thing. Um, got it. Because the only like digital, only digital movies that I had purchased are like ones that I've like purchased in Prime, like shit that I like show to my classes every year because it's from like something that we've read. Like I've had to purchase like like Kill a Mockingbird, you know, and I had to pur- I purchased like a different version of The Outsiders, even though I have the DVD and like you know I have stuff like that. But like there's I, I've never seen access to like bonus features like in that in that. That's that's why I asked. Yes. Yeah, and the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't mind it. Lockheed um, yeah. coming to life in Limbo. That's what I took it as. She created Limbo so she could make Lockheed come to life. And then when she's out of Limbo, he becomes a puppet again. But her imagination yeah, that's how I took bringing it. that thing to life. Yeah, yeah but, the, I mean, but the problem is, though, is in the movie, which is trying to show you her flashing back and forth into Limbo and back, it's right. like what they mm-hmm. didn't do a good job of explaining was that at some of those points, she's fighting the bear in limbo, which is why the dragon was still alive. But then you see the dragon flying in the regular world. So that doesn't need those rules. See, yeah. like I said, the rules don't even make sense within the rules that they're trying to build. Like they just really got to a point yeah. where they were like, fuck it. <laughs> well, they yeah. were trying to stay, tr- they were trying, they were trying to stay true to the original storyline where they bring the demon bear into limbo and then they all f- have to team together to fight the demon bear, you know, but yeah, like but, you know, right <laughs> yeah, but you know, but yeah, D- Danny was unconscious. That's what triggered the demon bear. Now the demon bear is going around all over the place. Uh, Yana's going on. And now it's time for, <laughs> um, cannonball and sunspot to get into the shit because now they're for the, you know, the girls have been playing. Now it's time. The boys finally fucking show up. <laughs> Well, not not Sunspot at first. Sunspot was pussying out. He's like, I'm hiding, man. I am not involved in this fight whatsoever. I don't want any part of it. But you have to. Like, you have to join the fight. I mean, especially with your powers, you could probably take him down. <clears throat> so it took a little bit of goading for him to kind of join uh, Cannonball in that final bout. But, you know, he does. And <clears throat> it's great to see. I mean, it was weird that they cast somebody else as Sunspot in this movie because he was in Days of Future's Past. So I was kind of hoping that that actor would come back. But are they cast well, Henry younger, Zaga. You needed a younger-looking guy, and you know this this actor. Yeah. You know, thankfully, yeah, he's actually a Brazilian actor, so the accent mm-hmm. is real. So uh, I will give yeah, him credit there. Works. That that actually <laughs> works. I wish Cannonball didn't seem like a flying version of the Flash. You know, I wish they yeah, could have figured out a better way to really represent, like, what his powers are. His ability is basically just to kind of blast off and fly, and he's invulnerable and be while invulnerable. he's doing it. Now, and be invulnerable while doing it. Now, I get that, you know what, in a film that's not going to be, you know, I guess visually easy to, to do, but I almost wish that maybe they just went with a different character. You know, I know Sam Guthrie is, you know, one of the, 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 the original New Mutants and everything, and he's a beloved character. But, you know, maybe you just hold off for a different time to bring him in and just bring somebody else into play that's a more, 
I don't know, a more relatable character or somebody else that's a little bit easier to understand what they're doing. Like Boom Boom? Oh, they... Oh. <laughs> yeah, you put Sam and Boom Boom she, together, she, actually, if anything. Man, yeah. I mean, Doug Ramsey she was my girl. makes the most sense because he's a basic <laughs> character that you can work as being your other eyes in. You know, all he can do is fucking translate shit. Yeah, but they could have done Cannonball a lot easier. All they had to do was show him blasting, but then all you got to do is have a couple scenes of him inside the blast field and then just him having those mental comments of, you know, got to stay blasting so I don't get hurt. You know, and it would have yeah, worked. But, it's just, yeah. it, I mean, all you got to do is just have Superman type of shit. You know what I mean? Like, come on. No. What's he going to do? Look at the screen and fucking smile and wink too while he's at it. Wave, yeah. <laughs> he's fucking flying yeah. as he's blasting by. Worked in the seventies, you know. I don't know. And the eighties, and the eighties. I wish that. Yeah, in the eighties. I wish that for what's going on. Nuclear man. Uh, see again, I, I wouldn't say it worked in the eighties because Superman three and Superman four were pretty fucking horrible. <laughs> Nuclear man. <laughs> Tyler and King. Oh, that's wrong. That's wrong, sir. That's DC. That's Batman. <laughs> Tight, man, what are Nuclear you doing here? It's not even your series. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, now they're finally all teaming up together and Nuclear they're taking on the demon bear. <laughs> you know, and they're going around kicking the bear's ass, man. And it's just, again, I I feel like That's all of fight. this. The, the, yeah, I, you know, like the ghoul had said, like I think they had plans to shoot more footage and they just didn't have enough. And yeah, mm-hmm. it just feels really, really poorly placed. But we do it get is. to it's see just, it's sloppy. <laughs> yeah. But we do get to see Rain go off on Raid. <laughs> just fucking badass. Oh. It was great, you know, but it, again, you have uh you know Mirage waking up. I mean that's Danny. I I said Mirage, Mirage. that's a superhero character. But when she wakes up and it's her turn to kind of battle the demon bear and she just goes, Hey, it's all right. Time to go to sleep now. No. Yeah, and it stopped. Yeah, no, no, you can't do this anymore. Time to go to sleep. And then the bear just submits and disappears into ash. He wasn't snapped out of existence. That wasn't Thanos' deal. No, this is just him going off into, you know, dust. But it it was such a kind of letdown of the end of the fight. Just her calming it down. Like, again, you have this whole fight, and then he just, she just calms it down. I was so let down. You also had Rain doing the whole Matrix thing with Trinity and fucking Neo, where she's busy cradling her and telling her how, you know, I love you so much, and I think you need to come and fight and help me. You know, it's like Mickey in Rocky Five, you know, get up, you're so (laughs) beautiful. He loves you, you know. Oracle told you. Yeah, but see the now, the one thing I thought okay. all that, but the one thing that I thought though, with her just kind of putting it down like that, when again you and, and it makes sense now to me with you saying that this was supposed to be the first of several films and this being like the origin was like I feel like Come it was back. just showing her to to have this like massive power that we were not even yet getting to see, but that was going to come. Right in the future, you know, we were getting to see just, they were talking, oh, she's the most powerful, she's the most powerful, you have to kill her now, because she's so powerful, that like, oh. wow, like, <laughs> what is her power that she was able to do that, and like, I can't well, wait Ilyana to see was what's going to happen next. Ilyana was supposed to be the most powerful, Danny was the one that was uncontrollable, which is why they were killed. That's right. Right, well, yeah. but she, still, like, what is yeah. this uncontrollable power that she obviously there has learned to harness and control, 
so like what like I was thinking that there'd be like all right she did that but like wow like moving forward now that she has come to terms with this what is what is her power going to, going to be so that's she that's how the I biggest that fears to life that's her power you know they you know Cecilia Reyes explained it that's why she's so dangerous because yeah. she could bring your greatest fears to life but she can control it now, so it's all good. To a degree, the, the bigger problem is similar to Freddy Krueger. She's capable of also having physical damage done to you, as we see with Rain and the yeah. uh, brand on her neck. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, even though that, it's a, it's a, a quote-unquote mirage, it still has physical yes. impact in the real world. Mm-hmm. Well, then, because again, they yeah. they mm-hmm. jump-started her story really quick because it was supposed to be just illusions at first of your greatest mm-hmm. fear, and then some things happen later to where they become physical manifestations to where your greatest fears can't actually kill you. And that's what the Essex Corporation was judging from all the stuff that they were reading off of her was they were seeing the potential of where her power could go. And that's where it was going, Dean, was that now she's able to actually make the fears physical. And that's, I mean, that's physical. still my favorite scene in the entire movie. When when uh in that shower and that priest comes in with a scratched up fucking face like American Werewolf in London style and he's like branding the shit out of you now it's you know, I was like that's the coolest fucking thing in the movie. The most horror centric <laughs> uh scene in the movie is is that one, for, at least for me anyway. I mean all smiley face people aside. It's like the most nightmarish <laughs> part. Yeah, I think they were just playing on different things, though, too, you know what I mean? Different tropes. I think, you know, the the Slender Man is what came into mind for me when I saw the Mm -hmm. smiley face guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely got that, too. Um, But, yeah, after the fight and it's a new day, they thank Dan for saving them, and she's like, well, we kind of saved each other, right? Like, everybody get a high five real quick, and then we're going to go off to, you know, some pop music. But, no, they just kind of walk down the road because the force field's gone, so they can do whatever they want. And knowing that there's not going to be a follow-up, it is kind of like a depressing ending, knowing that that's it. Like, you know, they're free, they can do what they want, but we're not going to see them ever again. So it's kind of a (laughs) bummer of an ending. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, again, listen, do I want to see the the, the rest of this? Yeah, I do. Just like I want to see the rest of Terminator Genesis, you know? Like, I felt like that film was, you know, being the start of a new new trilogy. I love that movie. It was trying... It was trying to introduce concepts, and yeah. you know, you were gonna get everything was gonna be delivered by the time you hit that third film. Um, but no, this is this is what happens when, when people try to, to to think too big before they get other things in place. I don't think anybody saw Fox selling to Disney, but you know what, it happened, and that was that. Hopefully, we'll get everything uh, reimagined, and we'll see these characters again someday. Nuclear. I hope so. Or a nuclear man, man movie. <laughs> we could Everybody's we could been clamoring for that sequel, you know. I mean, they they were hoping he'd come back with Superman Returns, but you know, we didn't get that. Was that Quest for Peace, Nuclear Man? Was that that one? Yes, it, yeah, yes, four. it was Superman yeah. Four. Yeah, no, Superman yeah. Four. Not the one Richard Pryor. Was that three? No, no that's four, that three. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, that I mean, was I three. Get, I, Richard Richard Pryor, Master Hacker. Yeah, I think it's mixed up over time for some point. Still have that, one of the creepiest fucking what, moments what, what, when that when that woman got sucked into the fucking computer and turned into like a robot lady or whatever. That's that right. Shit freaked, oh, man, that oh, shit that freaked me out. Yeah. That scared yeah. the shit out of me when I saw that in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. 
Was that the that one with, sort of with like Drunk Superman shit. where he became evil? Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that was all bad Drunk guys. Superman that became evil, man. Look yeah, like he's a bar. Out in the bar. Sitting in the bar, drinking through the bottles. Like his dirty suit was all like dirty and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing shots. Like, and that's crazy. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. Like it, I, me anyway. Seeing New Mutants ending, I was like, oh, why not just have Deadpool show up in the, in the cast? Hey, you guys need a ride? <laughs> Supposedly, the next Deadpool movie is in the works, and uh, yeah, what Disney's going to do with that. What I did like at the end here, though, is they did bring in—I uh, can never say his name. I think it's Bill Semenikowitz or whatever his name is. The, yeah, uh, the Bill artist from the, from the artist from the New Mutants. He did all new. Uh, drugs. These are all brand new stuff that comes in at these end credits here of his uh, of some artwork for him from this movie. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah that was the takeaway really from having a post credit sequence. So I thought it was cool. I was like, we're not going to get a post credit. At least we can get the illustrations. You know, because we don't really need to have one. Means. And again, Deadpool could have shown up. That would have been a great post credit sequence. The fuck happened here? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh. Uh, yeah. He just does a little heart thing at the end, you know, just sit there. <laughs> Precious <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was New Mutants 2020, the delayed film that uh, obviously had a lot of problems, but otherwise an enjoyable film. Like I said at the top, I didn't hate it. I found it enjoyable, but I found it to be a little bit rushed. But, again, it was an hour and 39 minutes. It wasn't uh, your usual superhero epic. You know, two yeah, hours, you know, two and a half when, hour movie. Uh, the this first was, thing this was is the shortest thought, of the X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the first thing I thought when I saw that, like, MCU, like, logo entrance, I was like, oh, man, is this thing two hours and 24 minutes? And, like, I went and looked, and then I saw it was, like, an hour and 34 minutes or whatever. It was like, oh, I was like, oh all right, okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess I can manage that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, Dean, so next week, it is your pick. What do you have for us? To follow up the new meeting. All right. So uh, my pick for next week is <clears throat> uh, a title that you will find on Shudder. Uh, once again, for your comedic pleasures, uh, I am sticking mm. in the land of France. Uh, but we're going back huh. to uh, 2005, uh, maybe 2006. Uh, and we're going and it's available on Shudder. Uh, we're going to watch a film that is called Them. Oh, that's nice. actually a pretty decent one. Yeah, that's from 2006. Actually, it's called Ills in France. So, yeah, it's a while ago. And that's the same one I'm thinking of. I have to look it up on uh, Shudder. I bo- yes, yeah, that- Ills. That is, that is the one, King of Horror. That's the one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I'm, that's a Romanian French film. I'm looking forward to it. Because I've had a lot of fun the first time I saw it. This is back in like 2013, 2014, when uh, Fearnet was available. Fearnet played it a lot. So, all right. So stay tuned for them from 2006, uh, also known as Ills in French. So thank you very much, Dean, and we'll be discussing your next week. All right. I'll be looking forward to discussing uh, my film pick next week. All right. And thank you once again to the Mad Monkey for showing up and being his best little monkey for mm-hmm. us for the movies. Okay. You need me to do I a do plug a- or you got it, Ghoul? Before you get to the plug, I do just want to thank the ghoul uh, for showing up. I was expecting him to hop on and just uh, spend a couple yeah. of quick minutes. I was not expecting him to join for the whole 
uh, second half of our show. So mm. it's great to hear from you, Ghoul. I know that you're having a really tough time right now, man. And you know, from the bottom of my heart, like I just, I just hope that you're uh, get on the reco- like the the road to recovery, like quickly, man. Because I'm, I'm really feeling for you, buddy. Recovery, absolutely, man. That's what it is, man. It's the road <laughs> to recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really feeling for you, man. Like I feel so bad that you're dealing with this right now, and I just, you know, I hope that I hope that things start to turn in your favor uh, sooner rather than later, man. Thank I hope you made your laugh tonight. Have a little fun. Definitely did. You know, stomach pains and all, man. Thank you. I didn't shit myself, which is which is a bonus. So I, I That's think a good that thing. What's going to happen? Better. What are you going to do if 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 lockdowns happen and everyone hoards up all the toilet paper again? What's going to happen then? I will uh, just do what I normally do and just hop in the bathtub and pull down my shower head and shove it right up my asshole. Mm-hmm. I've done that I mean, but you do that for like drunk. pleasure. Like I'm talking about emergency. Mm-hmm. Well, it has both, both places in, in my life, you know. What can I say? I like the way it hits my balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really nice. <laughs> Feeling it slapping up there, right yeah. in the, you know, the taint. Mm. It's a great feeling when you're in the shower. <laughs> uh, yeah, so once again, thank you so much, Google. And if you, if you don't feel like doing the plug, the monkey's got you. As we close out, all right. If possible, monkey, please do. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take <laughs> off. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say stay scared, everybody, and have yourselves a good night. Thank you, guys. Night, Thank Google. You, Google. All right, monkey, hit it as we close out. <laughs> all right, holidays are fast approaching, folks, faster than you might think. So what do you do for that certain someone who loves horror, loves faster than things, a speeding loves bullet? To... Shut man. the fuck up, Dean. <laughs> And loves being made that they like to feel special and all squishy inside. Well, I tell you what you don't fucking do. You sure as hell don't buy them some boring generic present from a big box store. Hell no. Your special someone deserves a special gift that's as unique as they are. So go visit Bonfire Bee Designs. They are custom jewelers who have a wonderful collection of unique handmade jewelry that is sure to put a smile on the face of that special someone. So go visit Bonfire Bee Designs on Etsy and Facebook today. Go do it now. Clear man. <laughs> I'm your beloved little mad monkey. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode and let me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is a turbo man. Why can't I get myself a turbo man for Christmas? Oh darn it. Oh don't don't get, don't let the year. dean get started on fucking turbo man. <laughs> All right, everybody. Wasn't it turbo team? You can do it next week. You do jingle all the way. You can change the pick from the ills to you know jingle all the way. I'm not changing any picks, and I love that movie. By the way, <laughs> fucking Sinbad is. You, I like it too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, not the actually, if, if you don't know, uh, Sinbad recently, uh, within the last week or so, has suffered a stroke. Uh, they say he's. I heard that. Yeah. He's potentially going to have a recovery, but uh, but good vibes for Sinbad, please. Good vibes right, for him, one indeed. Minute. All right, everybody. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying Nuclear watch man. horror movies, keep America strong, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, and we'll see you back here next week for them. <laughs> <laughs>